I want to thank our youth for leading worship last Sunday. Uh, I want to especially thank our graduating seniors who brought the messages. We are thankful for them. We are proud of them. We want them to know that Woodmont Christian Church will always be here for them as they prepare to move on uh, to their next chapter of life. And I want to thank Chris Cox and Jenny Simmons and uh, all of our sponsors who invest in our young people on a regular basis. We are uh, so thankful for both our youth and our children's ministry and for all the education that happens uh, on a regular basis. We've been in this sermon series during the month of May that's called Family Dynamics, and we've been looking at the second half of Paul's letter to the Ephesians where he encourages us to apply our faith to every aspect of our lives, which includes our home and family life. And every family is different. Every marriage is different. But we've been talking about how important it is to make family a priority, to treat the people that we say we love the most, the best, to not just give them the crumbs, what's left over. So many times we go and we give the world and strangers and people we don't know, we give them our best, and then we come home to our spouses and to our families and we just give them what's left over. And, and, and that's not right. That's not the way uh, that it's supposed to be. But we know that family life and marriage can be complicated and difficult. We know that we now live in a world that needs healthy families that need strong marriages, that needs parents who are doing their job raising their children. Last weekend, Megan and I took a short anniversary trip to celebrate 12 years of marriage. And I watched Youth Sunday on the live stream, something that's nice to have, the live stream of this service and our 10.30 or 9.30 service. But on the one hand, it seems like 12 years is a really long time. And on the other hand, it seems like 12 years has flown by. We took some time on the trip to, to kind of reminisce and to think back about all the things that have changed in our lives since we got married in, in May of 2009, uh, the obvious being the birth of three children, um, moving houses, moving out of the parsonage to into another house. We've uh, talked about uh, friends that we've lost along the way to cancer and, and other illnesses. We've watched this church grow and, and evolve, and uh, we've seen people that we that we love uh, come and some go, and and just life keeps pressing forward. There's one thing that we can all acknowledge this morning is that life keeps pressing forward, and change is constant. And so the question that we have to ask is, are we going to fight that and push back on that? Or are we going to embrace that and try to grow as life keeps pressing forward and keeps changing? And one of the reasons that we did this May series is because the last 14 months with the pandemic has been really hard, especially on families with young children. There's been a lot of stress, a lot of added pressure, a lot of homeschooling, a lot of working remotely. And, and so we just needed to be reminded of some of the basic biblical principles that we need to incorporate into our marriages and into our families. And many of those we find in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Some of you remember back in 1989, Stephen R. Covey wrote what would become a best-selling book and really a blockbuster book that was titled Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. 
Now, this book was so successful because I don't know anybody in life who wants to live and not be effective, right? But do you remember what Covey said in that book? He named seven things that effective people do. The first was, he said, be proactive. The second was begin with the end in mind. The third was put first things first. The fourth, think win-win. The fifth was seek first to understand, then to be understood. The sixth principle or habit was synergize. And the seventh was sharpen the saw. Now, a few years ago in 2019, I was looking at those principles and I sat down and I said, what would it look like if we were to name the seven habits of highly spiritual people? People who took their faith seriously, people who tried to grow in their spiritual lives. And this is what I came up with. First, be disciplined. Carve out time for prayer and meditation and reading and stillness. Disconnect from all the noise and technology from time to time. Second, keep the big picture in mind. Human beings can get very worked up over little things that don't really matter in the big picture. We often major in the minors. Third, live out your priorities. It's one thing to know your priorities. It's something else to put time and resources and energy into those priorities. Fourth was treat others the way you want to be treated. Remember, Jesus gave us the golden rule. And some people would be very surprised to be on the receiving end of their words and their actions. Fifth was show empathy and compassion because everybody's fighting a battle of some sort in life. Sixth was form meaningful relationships with people who make you better, people who challenge you, people who, who don't just tell you what you want to hear, but they, they make you sharper and better. And then the seventh principle that I named was avoid getting angry whenever possible, or at least find healthy ways to deal with your anger. Because anger, resentment, and bitterness takes us away from our spiritual center, and it also affects our physical, our mental, and our emotional health. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, that Justin read, somebody comes up to Jesus when he is speaking to the crowds and says this, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. But Jesus replies with a question, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he points to his 12 disciples and he says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. See, Jesus was always talking and teaching about the kingdom of God. And for Jesus, family is not just tied to blood, but to people who work to bring the kingdom of God to earth as it is in heaven. So when we talk about church family or our faith family, I think the principles that I want to share with you this morning apply. Because for people who don't have a family, this church family, this faith family is your family. And we should do the same things, the same healthy practices that spiritually healthy families do. But these principles apply to any family, large, small, single parent, traditional. These habits of the spiritually healthy family are ones that we should all try to incorporate into our lives. And so I'm going to name them this morning, and I hope you will reflect upon them throughout this week. The first habit is this. 
Spiritually healthy families apply their faith in God to every single aspect of their lives. Not just in church, not just on Sunday, but all the time. Paul says in Ephesians 4, I beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So from these verses, we can discern what is important in our families. It's humility, it's gentleness, it's patience, it's love, it's peace. These are the things that spiritually healthy families emphasize. So many people think that faith is just what you do on Sunday and then you go about the rest of your week and you do something else, but that's not true. Faith is not just what you do on Sunday. Faith is what you do every single day. It should inform your words, your actions, all of your relationships. It doesn't mean that we have to talk about it all the time, but I do think that some families need to learn to talk about it at least a little bit because they don't ever go there. It does mean that faith must be lived out every single day and in every single circumstance. Second habit, spiritually healthy families must value peace. Families that are fighting all the time, families where there is tension all the time, that is not a family that values peace. Paul says, maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And guess what? Peace is something that we have to work for. It's something that we have to plan for. Families that are always arguing and blaming each other, they typically don't experience peace. And I think that spiritual families should do everything they can to create and maintain peace. It doesn't mean that life is perfect. It just means that we should try to limit the drama and the pettiness. And I think that, that something that's related to this finding peace concept is that families must also find financial peace, learning to live within a budget. It's been said before that, that, that people buy things they can't afford with money they don't have to impress people that they don't even really care about. Have you ever heard that? So I think finances and lifestyles are important and that families talk about that. As a church family, we're doing that right now. Something else that I was thinking about this week, about peace, is this mask thing. The Center for Disease Control has said that if you have been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. But there are other folks that feel more comfortable wearing a mask, and that's okay. We need to cut each other some slack when it comes to these different areas in life where we see things differently. The third habit. Spiritually healthy families value truth and they tell the truth. Paul says, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbor, for we are members of one another. Families that keep secrets from each other, where some people are in the know and some people are not, always run into trouble. Because sooner or later, somebody figures out that they are not in the loop, or even worse, that they were lied to. And then trust starts to erode. And people say, well, if you didn't tell me that, then what else are you hiding from me? 
So spiritually healthy families tell the truth to each other even when the truth might hurt. Truth is essential for trust, and trust is essential for healthy family dynamics. You know, we live in an age where, where, where many people cannot agree on the truth. Many people cannot agree on facts. But families should not lie to each other. They should tell the truth to each other because when they don't, people get hurt very deeply. The fourth habit, spiritually healthy families do everything in their power to not act out in anger. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. Anger usually happens in families when somebody is disappointed, when somebody feels let down, when they feel hurt or betrayed. But when family members get angry, they say and do things that they can't take back. So we need to heed Paul's advice and not act out in our anger. He says, be angry, but do not sin. Will we get angry? Yes, we're going to get angry. But there's a difference between getting angry and getting angry and lashing out at somebody, especially our spouse or people that we love. We all get angry for various reasons. Some family members are better at handling anger than others. Some people have tempers. Some people have short fuses. But anger can do a lot of damage to relationships and to marriages. And so we have to find healthy outlets for expressing it. Fifth habit, spiritually healthy families encourage each other and build each other up. Paul says, let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. You know, it's so easy. It's so easy to tear down and criticize. It's so easy to point out what the problem is or to blame other people. That's so easy to do. But family needs to be a place where we are encouraged and where we are built up, where, where we recognize that our words, our tongue has power. And we can use our words to build up or we can use our words to insult and tear down. And what healthy families do is they use their words to build up, to compliment, to encourage. Finally, or I'm sorry, not finally, sixth, spiritually healthy families learn to forgive and let things go. No, Paul continues in that passage, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. You know, when bad things happen in families and somebody is deeply hurt, we have a choice to make. We can address the hurt and choose to forgive or we can stuff the hurt away and then over time, it turns into resentment. And then over time, that resentment turns into contempt. And I said a few weeks ago that when it comes to marriage and when it comes to relationships, contempt is toxic because contempt only grows over time. And so many times, all of this goes back to somebody refusing to forgive and refusing to let things go or talk something out. And so we have to learn to say things like, I'm sorry, I screwed up. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to hurt you. I apologize because so many people carry unnecessary burdens through life and it weighs them down emotionally, mentally, and yes, even physically. 
Finally, the seventh habit of spiritually healthy families is that they worship and they pray together. Paul says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his power. He says, pray in the spirit at all times in the passage Justin read. You see, Paul understood the power of prayer. He understood that so many of the habits that I've mentioned this morning can happen through the power of prayer. And it's not just obligatory prayer before a meal. It's praying and communicating with God at different times. It's being open to what God is doing and how God is moving in your family. Jesus prayed all the time. And through prayer, we find the strength to deal with the stresses and challenges that life throws our way. And I've always said, you know, it doesn't matter what you say when you pray or where you pray or how you pray. What matters is that you pray. And that when you pray, you expect things to happen. You expect God to answer those prayers. Seven habits. Spiritually healthy families apply their faith to every aspect of their lives, work for peace, tell the truth, manage their anger, encourage and build each other up, learn to forgive and let things go and worship and pray together. I firmly believe that if your family, if my family can incorporate these principles into our lives, we will be more balanced, less stressed, more fulfilled, and frankly, life will be much more enjoyable. Amen.